At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It's a mean age. But it is going to be a beautiful future as long as we don't f*** it up. I'm Brian McWilliams, and this is Mean Age Daydream, where I bring you unfiltered comedy, criticism, philosophy, and politics with a Mean Age Daydream. What's up, everybody? I am, uh, I've gotten rid of the virtual background. I know. I know. If you're watching YouTube, it was just too much. I don't have the green screen pulled down. And in this, uh, as I said, temporary environment I'm at, it's just not worth it. It just looks stupid. So you get to see my beautiful bedroom here. This is where I've got my desk set up now. Hopefully my dogs aren't rifling through, uh, God knows, food, bananas, each other downstairs because I have a collar on my dog, which hopefully will rein him in. But I do have one son of a bitch dog. So, you know, screw him. His name's Hank. He's terrible. Just uh, the worst, just the worst dog in the world. I'm sure he'll be alive for eight more years. He's like a big chow shepherd mix. You'd think that that means that he would pass away quickly and easily. But no, no, unless I old yell at him, he's going to be stuck around here for a while. Anyway, welcome to me and age daydream guys. I am back. I'm feeling much better and uh, going to lay down some factoids on you. But before I do, I want to remind you guys to check out the porch tour. Robbie the Fire is going to be joining me. We're going to do some comedy at my house, which is currently being renovated. Um, so we'll see. I'm checking on it. We'll find a nice space in the backyard somewhere. But uh, it's like every day I go and I'm like, what is this going to look like? <laughs> what are we going to set up? There's, there's workers, they're building crap out. Should be great, but I'll put the show notes in there uh, with a link. And also Robbie's going to join me for next week's show. I think we're going to record on Labor Day and find a time to do that. Probably sometime around 11 o'clock my time, but we'll see. Just to shoot the shit, promote the show. Of course, Robbie and I, of course, are friends and uh, enjoy speaking to each other. So it'll be a fun show. And we will also be doing a live pod. So not only a comedy show, but also a live podcast that Robbie will will, uh, share on his Run Your Mouth pod from that porch tour. So do join us there here in Los Angeles. If you're in the region, if you feel like coming out, drive a few miles and have some fun with us. Now then, getting into the show today. One thing I just wanted to share, which I thought was pretty funny. And uh, I tweeted this at, of course, I'm at Brian McWilliams, but Hillary Clinton, you know, just Hillary Clinton's such a, an unlikable piece of human garbage, but it's extra funny when she tries to take on this mantle of being a good person, <laughs> like, like she's kind and she just wants the best for the world when we know she is a heartless monster, you know, literally remember what happened with Gaddafi. <laughs> we came, we saw, he died. Oh, and she's just cackling like a maniac, you know, let alone her looking at balloons like they've never existed before in her life, like she's an alien beach. Which, by the way, she may be a, a lizard creature. Let's not beat around the bush. Maybe lizard creatures aren't familiar with balloons. Maybe the rubber sound, the squeaking, drives them insane. But she had tweeted out this gem. 
Kids deserve to go to school free of gun violence. Teachers deserve to give lessons free of gun violence. Shoppers deserve to buy groceries free of gun violence and on and on. Of course, the response to that is people who have dirt on the Clintons deserve to live (laughs) lives free of gun violence because it's amazing how many people have ended up shot in the back of the head, dead in various accidents. More often than not, it's quote unquote suicide or an unexplained gunshot wound. And Hillary Clinton's out there talking about people living their lives free of gun violence. You can't write it. It's too funny. You can't write anything better. And uh, and I loved it. So I did tweet that out. I encourage everybody here to go and retweet that. <sighs> Something to start your day with a little joy. Or end your day. I guess it's a little late in the day. I usually do this earlier. Now then, I titled the episode... Stupid laws that uh, will obvious, obviously backfire or something like that. Bad laws and predictable outcomes. Because I read a couple of different stories now. Now, these stories were couched in various ways. But obviously, with the media being left-wing and benefiting from this in Canada, in Australia, which, by the way, I'll be on uh, Chris Smith's show, although with uh, a guest host, host uh, Mark Latham, later today on TNT Radio Live. So if you want to tune into that, if you're watching live, I'm recording this on a Tuesday. So Tuesday night uh, is when I'm typically on Chris Smith's show. Tune in there. But he's based in Australia, as is TNT Radio. So they had passed a law, as have many uh, in the European space, and Canada was also one of these. They passed laws, which I called out at the time as being fundamentally fucking stupid. Now, what were these laws? Well, these laws were basically to force social media companies to pay for content from news providers. If they were going to host that content on the social media platforms, they had to pay forcibly by law the news outlets, the news agencies. Now, part of the problem with this is that the negotiations for exactly what that looked like, how much it was going to be, still aren't set to happen in some countries. I think Canada among them until something like 2024, 2025. So they instilled this, this chilling law, and yet all the gray area, all the intricacies were left to be worked out. But politicians decided that something had to be done to protect the news media, the poor news media. Because as we know, politics, news media, working hand-in-hand, incestuous relationship. This has been evidence time and time again. Just do, I mean, just all you have to do is look at the rotating door of the press corps and any position of power, be it in the White House press corps, be it in a think tank, be it in a uh, you know an academic university, which then of course they pull back in and they they utilize to justify any regulations they wanted to put into place. They always have an army of sycophants that are more than willing to speak up on these topics, and of course the news media is leading the charge. You're seeing it happen right now with this re-emphasis on the idiocy of masking, which I will return to momentarily. Now, when it comes to this law. What would you have thought would happen if I told you that the law, the the powers that be were going to pass a law that says you social media companies have to pay for any news link that goes to a news source? Um, and if you don't, well, we're going to penalize and fine you. Now, raise your hand if at home, if you're playing along or if you're yelling in your car out the window, probably scaring children and dogs. If you said, well, those social media networks are not simply going to roll over and take it in the ass. And cut in massively. I love it when my toilet uh, right next to me starts making loud noises. Hopefully that's not picking up on a mic. If you said, well, they're not going to simply roll over. They are going to, by the way, do you notice my toilet kicked in right as I said ass? Is it sentient? Did I, do I have a smart toilet and I don't know? 
<laughs> Anytime it hears the word ass, it just starts filling with water. It knows what's coming. So the social media companies, of course, are not going to simply say, okay, well, we're going to pay for that content. Of course we are. Naturally, we'd love to take a huge hit in our bottom line by paying for half of what is pasted on our social networks or shared on our feeds or whatever it might be. And that was the argument from the lawmakers in trying to prop up the corrupt news media was they said, well, half of what's posted on social media is news links. However, to somehow using political math, presume that the news outlets aren't the beneficiaries in this scenario is fucking stupid. The social media networks will exist if you remove all news from them and might probably be the best possible thing for us. The social media networks will still exist without news stories. People can still write about news stories without having to link to them. They can still share their opinions on things. They can still link to alternative news sources because this only covers, by the way, the mainstream media news sources. Predictable, isn't it right? That they'd prop up the establishment media. Yes, of course. So what ended up happening? Well, the social media network said, fine, if you're going to force us to pay for every link that's shared for these stories, even though they're driving traffic back to the news source, if anybody dares to click, they go to that site, they go, they're making ad revenue off of it. Everything now is clickbait anyway. So what do you think is driving the clickbait that's paying for what little, little is still representative of the news media? How much of that comes from social media sites? A shit ton. So social media sites said, okay, well, we don't feel that we're getting benefit off of this anywhere near as much as they are. We're giving them clicks. We're giving them revenue by virtue of pushing people to their websites. And yet you want us to pay for the privilege of giving them revenue and giving them visits? No, sir. So they took all the links down. They, they basically blackballed these, these news sites. And in one story I was reading in Canada, they were saying, well, this local radio station, I'm sorry, a local television station, um, which I think is right on the Rochester border or something. They had said, well, we only, for the most part, are getting any traction now. And people find out predominantly about our news stories through Facebook, through Twitter, through these social platforms. And since they've denied us, since they blacked it out, and, and they said, if you go to visit this, if you try to click something on Facebook, and even try to click their basic page, it says you are not able to access this page. Why? Because the Canadian government has fucking blocked it. Because they are not permitted to showcase that because they still have to work it out. The payment system has to be worked out. The social media giants aren't going to pay these companies. So they're just denied access. They're denied the revenue. They're denied. The public is denied the revenue. And naturally... The coverage on this was, woe is the news media, and woe are the people, because the people are being denied access to the news. And of course, it's all the social media, these greedy social media companies' faults. Now, if you haven't read up on a lot of social media revenues, a lot of these companies, by the way, are not that profitable to begin with. Twitter's not profitable. Facebook was not profitable for a very long time. I still am not sure if it is even profitable outside of its market share and its stock price, which if you recall, when it first launched, people went, oh, Facebook. And then they went, oh, Facebook. And Facebook's continuing to decline because people are not going to use it much anymore, except old people who might be going to visit news sources. And the irony is that they can't get them anymore. I mean, this is the most predictable outcome for terrible legislation. But it's just amazing. You're not just seeing it in one place. You're seeing it in multiple nations. And no one was smart enough to simply explain 
basic fundamentals of how markets work, of how the incentives for the social media companies are non-existent here. And what, what's going to happen? Here's my guess. Because government caused this, they either have to do one of two things. They have to say, we were wrong. This is dumb, which we know government never does. Or they're going to go, well, we're going to subsidize it and we're going to pay for it. And that is, I guarantee, what you're going to see happen. Guaranteed that's what's going to happen. One more handout for the news media, one more propping up of an industry that needs to fail, needs to change, and needs to be reinvented, and frankly, is being reinvented in real time, as we're seeing with different sources come up on Twitter, on YouTube, on Rumble, etc., that are viable news sources. And yet, this whole thing was to prop up establishment media. It's just pathetic. By the way, you know what's pathetic? The number of you that are not subscribed to the Lions of Liberty Patreon or Lions of Liberty's Pride on Locals. Guys, come on. You get uh, my bonus rants. We're just now, we settled on, I think, one of two topics for our conspiracy show called Secrets, Lies, and Cover-Ups. Maybe I'll post a poll, but I think it's going to be the report from Iron Mountain. If you're not familiar with the report from Iron Mountain, fascinating stuff, essentially where the entire climate cult, the entire uh, concept of climate change as a driver of fear and politics is led into and was created at the Iron Mountain, this, this retreat where they issued this report, essentially saying climate change is the best thing because it's amorphous and you can scare the shit out of people. And this is the way forward for all of what we want to do. I think that's gonna, probably going to be our topic. If not that, the conspiracy that John Wilkes Booth never actually died. Another fantastic one. So tune in. We're going to be recording that very soon in the next couple of weeks. Uh, of course, we also do our live streams. We also do uh, our Degenerate Gamblers show, which is going to be kicking off on Thursday, our first of the year, where we basically recap some funny stories, do some gambling picks and some advice. I actually am a, a very good gambler when it comes to uh, placing football bets, make money every year. So tune into that. Uh, again, that's only bonus content for the subscribers. Patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty and lionsofliberty.locals.com. Okay, let's get into another story. I love how I'm getting blown up with phone calls as soon as I sit down to record this. That's the way it is. Robbie the Fire just called me. Naturally, he did. Robbie, don't you know I'm live streaming right now, you dumb son of a bitch? Don't you fucking look at my Twitter. So, <laughs> all right, let's talk about uh, Vivek Ramaswamy really quick. And uh, he's he's interesting. I've said this before. Vivek is very interesting in that, for example, the Libertarian National Party Twitter account tweeted out uh, a very long list of things to abolish, right? Now, I can't take credit for that tweet. I'll tell you one that I did recently. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll take credit for it. But Dave Brenner does a great account, a great job running that account. But it tweeted out, you know, abolish this, the FBI, the FDA, the uh, the ATF, the Education Department, you know, all these, you know, pop, 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 left to 15 things. Naturally, now we've been calling that for that for years. Now, Vivek Ramaswamy, interestingly enough, has also called for that and did a similar tweet, essentially saying all these agencies have to go. Now, recently what I did was responding to Joe Biden, because Joe Biden had said that they are committed to, uh, you know, reforming healthcare and lowering the cost. And I had said, this is horseshit. This is from the LP account, basically saying, look, it's impossible to lower healthcare costs in reality if you are not tackling the FDA and abolishing the FDA, if you are not getting government out of healthcare insurance, if you're not removing, uh, and I can't remember, there was something else I had said, oh, adding medical transparency. But what's interesting 
about Ramaswamy tweeting this stuff out is that he has gotten so much traction. Now, he had stood out in the last debate because he had taken a stance similar to Ron Paul. It was essentially a Ron Paul moment for Ramaswamy, which is why he had dominating, uh, you know, social media discourse. And that was his stance against the Ukraine war. The only one on stage who really raised his hand and said, fuck that. I'm done. We don't need to support the Ukraine war anymore. We should be focusing on America. No more funding whatsoever. But for him to go out with all the media attention that's happening on him and say these things, similar to RFK talking about the pharma state, talking about the COVID industrial complex, talking about the war state, Ramaswamy going out and saying, we need to abolish all of these agencies. They're unsalvageable. is fantastic. Now, the question is whether or not, stop my, now my dog just kept in the room. Go lie down. The question is whether or not he has the power and the charisma to move the Overton window on these topics. Because naturally, anytime we tweet out something like abolish the FDA, abolish this, people say, well, you know what? You had me on these other things, but you can't just get rid of these agencies because they don't understand what's happening. And this is something I'm going to be working on, right? I'm, I'm working on my strategy for the LP. One of the things that we need to do, and I'm working on a series of, of things that I'm hoping to import on the website and also apply to our social media, is if when, right? And if then, there's my cute dog in the bed, we can't simply say abolish these things because it does scare the normies. They need to be abolished, right? But it's if we abolish them, then what? And I'll give credit to Ramaswamy in that he has done kind of these in-depth talks about what would come next, how you can dismantle the FBI. I think I talked about this in a previous show dismantle the FBI and he says, okay, well, you know, some of these people, you just fire some of them. You can put them into like the U S marshal service. Same thing with the FDA. You know, we, when we talk about it, we can't just say abolish it completely. We have to say, if we abolish it, then what? And we can point to like, we were just laughing a little bit because AOC had gone, I think it might've been to Portugal or Peru. I'm trying to remember which one it was. And I have to look it up, but she was talking about how she went to that country and there is no FDA in that country. And she was able to get access to all these different things. It was birth control at the time she was talking about. But she's able to get to all these different uh, drugs very simply and very easily. And they're all safe. So if not the FDA, then what? Well, obviously, there's other options out there. There's other countries that don't have an FDA that seem to be functioning just fine. And there's not people keeling over in the streets and dying and blood pouring out of their eyeballs because Pfizer decided it was going to test something on the population similar to what they did with COVID. <laughs> and that was with the FDA, everybody. That was fucking with the FDA, which I also point out to people. We've had plenty of tragedies with the FDA involved. But it's the if then when. So Vivek Ramaswamy, I think, has a potential to move the Overton window on this stuff. And I'm very curious to see as we go along if he's going to get the chance to do that. If he's going to get, if the mainstream media is just going to crack down and say, we're not going to cover this guy anymore. Or if they believe that he could be a viable challenge to Trump. But at that point, would they even want it? I mean, is he too likable? I mean, at this point, I think that the mainstream media would probably rather prop up a DeSantis if there's going to be somebody, or a Nikki Haley, of course, would be the optimal one because she is a warmongering piece of garbage. But I just want to call out Ramaswamy for, for potentially changing the way that we have conversations. Because if a candidate that is popular, that is young, that is dynamic, and he is all three, whether you hate him or like him or think he has questionable motives and worry about who's funding who, which, by the way, on that, 
People worry about the money that's coming in for Ramaswamy. But at the same time, guys, let's go back in history. Back to the Habsburgs, okay? Whenever you have somebody that has the potential to become a power player, you are going to have people that put money behind that person because they're hedging their bets. This has always been the way it is. It's always the way it will be. That's just the way this political machine works. So I'm not going to condemn him for taking money or getting uh, you know, people donating to his campaign from these various places because I'm sure they're donating essentially to anybody uh, and everybody in some way, shape, or form. But anyway, it's interesting to watch. Speaking of healthcare, so just kind of ranting about the FDA, guys, are you sick and tired of getting your butt puckered from health insurance? I know I am. I uh, just recently got in the mail, I was screaming to my wife about it because I'm so pissed off. I recently got a letter in the mail. This is a 100% true story, literally sitting on my desk, sitting on my desk right here. Got a letter from a collections agency because some sort of diagnostics testing company Apparently, it says I owe them $400. From when? A year ago? Yeah, a year ago. For somebody, I don't even know. I have to look up what the hell it was. I think it was when I had diverticulitis. And by the way, my health insurance, it was a nightmare fighting with my insurance to get them to cover it because the doctor didn't write the right note. Now has, I went back and forth with them for hours and hours and hours to get them to pay this fucking bill. Okay? Now I'm still getting bills. So it's insane. I would recommend that you guys check out CrowdHealth. Now, CrowdHealth is not health insurance. That's the beauty of it. CrowdHealth actually is a basically a voluntary system wherein you have a community of people that are helping to pay each other's bills. And they work directly with doctors. So the payments are direct. It's not going through some health insurance garbage where it's going to get bogged down and confusing. They work on your behalf, actually negotiating for the price of your, your payments, your health care with doctors directly. And then the community pays for that service. So there's no fuss, there's no muss about it. And in fact, you're getting a far simplified service and also peace of mind because you know you're not getting bills like I'm getting in the mail. Now, the beauty of Crowd Health as well is that you've basically got a concierge style service, guys. And you can get in for as little as $50 for the next six months, $50 a month for the next six months by going and using the promo code LIONS at joincrowdhealth.com. Now, this is going to entitle you to the benefits of the system where you're getting in there. Again, you can use, you can you know, find your doctor. They're going to negotiate. They're going to make those direct payments with your doctor. And the way this works is really fascinating because basically you're getting in there. You can decide, okay, I'm going to shoot my money to this person and that person. It is a real, true, voluntary system here that subverts the health insurance model. So please check it out, guys. CrowdHealth, join CrowdHealth.com, promo code LIONS. And make sure you get that deal, $50 a month for the next six months. And remember, guys, to emphasize, Crown Health is not insurance. It is something different. It is something better. And I hope you'll check it out. Okay. Let's hop back in here. Um, a couple more things I want to talk about. So one thing that I'll get into the masking concept. I saw this crazy, crazy post. And this is from Axios, Right. Now, Axios had gone out and uh, hold on, let me let me go back here. So uh, Carol Roth, who's pretty good on, on the whole fighting back against the WF thing. She had shared another post that it basically was saying from Axios. It, the title of this is the problem with America's high home ownership rate. And you won't believe this. Just this little excerpt. America's decades-long love affair with home ownership is holding back the economy, hobbling the Federal Reserve, and ex exacerbating a national housing crisis. 
why it matters. We're stuck here now. At this point, it's just too much wealth stored in too many houses for anything to meaningfully change. The big picture, life is an unpredictable journey. People change where they want or need to live all the time. And a country with a 66% home ownership rate is not conducive to that. So now, instead of the American dream, which was, if you'll recall, a home ownership dream. That was the whole thing. The American dream was you own a home, you have a family, you have your Studebaker, you're happy, you're a wealth owner, you're a property owner. And guys, property ownership is one of the most important things you can have in life. Number one, to the point they're making there, yeah, you have a lot of equity there. You now have something that you can negotiate with to get credit. You have to get something you can fall back on. You have something that you can sell if you have to sell something. It is. It was, well, and of course, property taxes mean that you don't own shit, which is something that needs to be abolished. But home ownership is absolutely vital. And in fact, real estate is the biggest key. I mean, look at the Donald Trumps of the world. Real estate and property ownership is one of the best keys to longevity, to staying wealthy because real estate rides through the peaks and the valleys. As we have massive inflation, as we're seeing now, home ownership and values of property continuously go up as well. So for this asshole at Axios to take this Fed, I mean, it's almost like the Federal Reserve. I wonder if the Federal Reserve just wrote this for him. To say that home ownership is some sort of cancer because, well, people move around all the time and these people own homes. Well, how dare they? They're holding the Fed back. Fuck you, man. People work their asses off. People work their whole lives. I'm 43. I'll be 44 in December. And I'm four or five years into home ownership because I live in Los Angeles where it's virtually impossible to buy a house for that. Working my ass off, my wife working her ass off in this rental house right now because we're working our asses off to add value to our home and footage to our home. So it's a, a home that we can stay in for years well, until California you know, implodes on itself. But yet I'm supposed to feel guilty because I'm holding the country back by pursuing the American dream that somehow I owe it to the Federal Reserve, which is raping my ability to purchase, which is raping my salary, which is raping our savings and our ability to function as an, as an economy. I owe it to them to what? To sell my house and, and, and become a renter's economy? What are you going to do with it? If nobody owns anything, what? It's just all rentals. Who owns the properties then, shitheads? The government? Should the Federal Reserve be buying up all the houses and leasing them out? Is that the concept here? I mean, this is such a stupid-ass take. It defies all logic. It defies, I mean, any market understanding. I don't. I simply don't get how anybody can have a take this stupid other than Klaus Schwab is so far inside their body pumping them full of Schwab goo that it's taken over this guy's brain. And that's all that he can think because there's no logic behind it. I mean, it's just amazing. It's almost as stupid as the story I was reading today about this kid, Jaden, in a uh, in a school in, God, hold on, let me try to find this kid, Jaden. Where was he? I tweeted it out. I tweeted it uh, today. But this, you know, this kid, he's wearing a backpack to school that's got, let's see, Harrison SD2 School District. Where is it? Colorado. Colorado Springs, Cal Colorado. Kicked a kid out of school because he wore a gag Gazden flag, a.k.a. Don't Tread on Me Snake logo on his backpack. Now, the kid is literally running for school president. So he's probably got a lot of political logos, right? He's like, ah, don't tread on me. He's wearing a, a tri 
try a corner hat, right? Like the old Patriots did. The kid's probably got a strong streak. He says he likes the Tuttle Twins books, right? So he's got a strong Liberty streak in him. But the teacher kicked him out of the class and said he had to go home and was backed up by the school administrators because they said the Gazden flag was racist. Now, if you want to believe some of the research that's been done here, they say that, well, the founder owns slaves, so racism. Yet, we're talking about a time when everybody owned slaves. We're talking about a time when the Gazden flag was created specifically to send a message to the British that says, get the fuck out of here. If you try to attack us, you are stepping on a snake that will bite you and poison you, which, by the way, is what happened and did and basically took out the, uh, the British Empire. And that we will not stand to be trod upon. Our liberties, our rights, our ability to represent ourselves, that is what the flag stands for. And these fucking morons want to pretend that it has its roots in racism. And, of course, leftist publications in academia have said, well, because oftentimes, and this is the most hilarious thing, I was reading an excerpt from a story that said that the reason this was racist was because it's often flown at Trump rallies next to other flags, other flags like a Confederate flag. <laughs> so guilt by association for a flag that dates back 250 years. But because in a context of current political environments where academics and shithead teachers unions want to politicize everything, now it's viewed as a symbol of racism. There's no defense for this. There's only outrage for this, as rightly so. And the kid's back in school now with the flag patch on, by the way. Good for him. Good as parents stuff for it. Can't wait to see how this story unfolds, this ridiculous school district. But this shit is hitting the fan, and it's obvious what Marxist, race-baiting, horse-crap, CRT nonsense these teachers are inundated with to the point where they're looking at the Gazden flag, one of the basic symbols of American freedom, as racist. That's the detestable world that we live in right now. All right, to wrap things up, guys. All right, Gino. So Gino, Gino's uh, watching here live and telling me to sell my house and buy one built now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe down the road. We'll see. I got to finish the renovations here first before I can sell it and buy a, a, a super complex, you know, super compound <laughs> to raise my cult kids in. Now then, wrapping up, guys. So I just wanted to say this, right? It, we're seeing the mainstream media the Biden administration, the um, epidemiologist uh, bought and paid for big pharma press. We're seeing Pfizer executives on CNN trying to push boosters, trying to push masks again. The CDC hilariously put out a thing about masks that showed how uh, smoke particles were getting through masks during wildfires. And so it wasn't really effective to wear a cloth mask during a wildfire or the N95 mask during wildfires because it just went through. And yet... The virus, they shed this graphic and the virus is so much smaller than smoke particles. <laughs> so clearly it's going right through. <laughs> but you're seeing now this emphasis on masking. And you're seeing New York Times articles by shills uh, and leftists that are will never give up their masks. They'll never say that they were wrong, despite every report, every single study coming out in the past year, finding that masks are absolutely worthless and completely, uh, if anything, by the way, a new study just came out um, from England, which I had tweeted out, that found that actually wearing the mask for over 30 minutes and 95 masks 
for more than 30 minutes expose you to toxic chemicals and carcinogens because, oh yeah, you're breathing in your own waste and also you're breathing in these fibers from these masks that are not meant to be worn that long. So everything about masks is contrary to what they told you uh, from the health benefits through to the learning benefits or, the, or I should say the disabilities that children have in learning how to speak, how to interact, how to um, respond emotionally because they can't see people's faces, et cetera. But yet these people are still going down this road. New York Times just said, is it time to wear a mask again? <laughs> I wonder I wonder if they answered the question posed in the headline, honestly. I'm going to go out on the limb and say they didn't. And it just is all about, yeah, you should put a mask on again. But here's how we have to treat these people. We're in the era wherein Bud Light and Bud Lighting is a thing, right? We've seen the market share of Bud Light be destroyed. We've seen essentially the takedown of America's mightiest and best-selling beer brand be eradicated from the top 10, and it will not recover for a generation. I promise you that. For a generation, it will not recover. The best thing they could do would be to sell it back off, as John Odermatt and I were talking about on Memoirs on Friday. But in the same time, we're seeing Target. We're seeing all these other you know, various companies that have gone the wrong way, pushed too hard, be slapped down. And while I don't know if we're going to get a federal mask lockdown, a federal, you know, uh, re-uppance of these COVID restrictions and rules and six feet and all this other bullshit that did nothing. I think that they're too timid to do it. I think especially with an election coming up, while COVID's magically back to scare people, I don't think that they've got the balls to do it. I think the response not just from the right, but from independents. And honestly, as I've said before in the show, I live in Los Angeles. I know a ton of people who are left as hell who are not going to do it ever again, period. Now, maybe they're saying that. Maybe they'll fall over backwards once they once the peer pressure starts to set in. You know how people on the left tend to be. They are they want to please and they don't want to make ruffles and they don't want to they don't want to be associated with those evil Trumpers who wear masks or don't refuse to wear masks because of so maybe they'll maybe they'll capitulate. But I think we're past that point. Now, the bigger question is, what's going to go on behind the scenes? Is the Biden administration going to pressure, say, the airlines? That was one of the rumors, right? That airlines were going to start putting masks back into place. And then you're going to see the slow trickle of companies following suit. OK, well, let's say that happens. Let's say the airlines are forced to capitulate because they get so much fucking subsidy from the government that the government twists their arm, just like they did last time during COVID. Let's say that happens. Number one, Bud Light it. Boycott them into the ground. Make them into such an obvious pariah, such an obvious case for don't fuck around. You're going to find out what happens if you try to go this route again. Put them in the ground fast and hard. Then you take it a step farther. Because just like I was talking about, the reason the government might be able to force some of these companies into doing it is because they depend on subsidies. And the airlines are no different. Despite the fact that they should be most profitable thing out there, they still depend on government. They still depend on a lot of subsidy to keep them going. So we identify the politicians that are getting paid off by the airlines. We identify the politicians that are going to put, and I guarantee it's going to happen if, if a airline gets Bud Lighted or any mainstream industry for that matter gets Bud Lighted, you're going to have politicians that rush to quote unquote, save the industry. They're going to propose bills that bail out these airlines to the tunes of billions of dollars, just like during COVID. 
to the tune of billions of dollars that's further going to erode our ability to spend the dollar that is going to prop these companies up and allow them to maintain this BS infringement on people's rights, okay? So you have to target the politicians and they need to get Bud Lighted. Out of office, made into laughingstocks, made to look like the shills and the despicable pieces of garbage they are. That's the key here. It can't just be the companies. It has to be the politicians. It has to be the core rot behind these companies, which is political dollars that are going to bail them out. They're going to enable them to stay afloat and allow them to do it. So remember that, okay? When this all comes around, remember that. But more than anything, guys, just remember, do not comply. All right, that's going to do it for the show today. I got to call a bunch of people back. All right, guys, thanks for joining me here on Mean Age Daydream. Again, remember, check out joincrowdhealth.com. Use that promo code LIONS to get $50 for the first six months for not health insurance, something much better. Join us, please, in the pride, Lions of Liberty, uh, sorry, patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty or lionsofliberty.locals.com. Upcoming football season, going to be a lot of fun getting our gambling league we run. We got two different pickums, college, football, and of course, you get to hear our fun shows and guys look i'm not i'm not making billions of dollars doing this podcast five bucks from you to show me that you give a damn about the show that goes a long way christmas is coming up all right guys thanks a lot for me brian mcwilliams from the lions of liberty and from mean age daydream keep those electric eyes on me babe and keep that ray gun to my head